Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Double Take with the Safety Brothers. I'm Alex Safety here with Jonathan, Johnny Boy, Johnny Rockets. John, what is up? What's going on in the NBA? We're back. Yesterday was Sunday, so today's Monday morning. It was a crazy day, and before we get into any of our official topics that we're talking about, we got Bucks, we got Miami Heat, we got the Lakers, the Knicks, all the teams we should be talking about. But there's one team, Alex, that didn't quite make, you know, our official rundown <laughs> that I just couldn't have an episode without just shouting them out. And a few, you know, in mid-January, when we're watching all the beginning teams and you're trying to figure out who's the good team on League Pass, just like that team that on any given night, you don't care who they're playing, how fun they are. Um, off the bat, I was already looking at the Charlotte Hornets thinking that. And Bill Simmons just did it. Um, him and Zach Lowe did their League Pass rankings. And... Bill Simmons had Charlotte number one, and so last Funny. night I see, you know, I'm just, I'm I'm hanging out. I usually don't stay up this late. It was like pat, it was like past midnight. I throw on the fourth quarter and of a Charlotte versus Sacramento game, and I'm like, <laughs> all right, let's see what happens. Charlotte's down eight. Like that is just that's that's the point of being the good league pass team. They're down eight. You turn it on, it doesn't matter. Like that's you know, like you're in, you're locked in, <laughs> and it ended up being they were down nine points, Alex, with two minutes left against the Kings. And, you know, good wow. game. Marvin Bagley was playing really well. He was hitting some threes, which I thought was uh, impressive for him. You know, Darren Fox, of course, looking good. Buddy Heald hit some shots. But who took over? P.J. Washington on the, t- on, on the team. They had f- on Charlotte Hornets. 42 points. LaMelo had, like, 20 and 12 assists. Like, it's like the point about this team is, like, on any given night, it could be you a different team. guys, yeah. They have anyone that could take over and win. Right now, you know who they're missing? Gordon Hayward and Devontae Graham last night. Like, Two arguably like you could I mean, say the, the number they're, one I mean, guy. They're two there. starters. They're Doesn't two matter starters. because they have Rogier. They have PJ Washington put up forty two. They have Lamelo taking over and like just being the guy doing everything. Who else off the bench? Malik Monk, Alex. Malik Monk oh against his former teammate Darren Fox. So like Killed this the team. Heat the other day. Just yeah, from like the top <laughs> top to bottom. It's like who? It doesn't matter who's injured or not. They're gonna be super interesting. The box scores the next morning. If you just look at the box score, it's gonna be super interesting. Like no matter who they're playing, it's a fun game, and I have to shout them out before we get started. All right, yeah, I'm glad we won't spend too much time on the on the Hornets, but yeah, they have they have been fun, and I guess one thing, a stat that can really that shows you know how much fun that they're having on the court and why it looks it's fun to watch. They're third in the NBA in assists per game after Golden State and Memphis. They average 27 assists a game. Yeah. So when you have a team like that that just you know they're and you running and the gunning, they're moving the ball. Who? Yeah, no, the Warriors are also up there, so that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, Golden it. State, Phoenix, Brooklyn, and so then yeah, all but before we move teams. on from the Hornets, I just needed to say. You know, shout out to someone that is, he's a big fan of the pod. He's been on the pod a few times. Eli Maluhi. We don't go an episode without mentioning him. He was on the LaMelo, he was on the LaMelo train. And a few weeks into the season, you know, I immediately was like, wow, okay. LaMelo, like, he, he's he's the guy. And he's, regardless of how good he is, if he's an all-star or whatever, I know he's, he'll have a long career in the league because his feel for the game and his IQ is just, well, he's, it's, it's he's off definitely, the charts for He's definitely the most talented guy at age 19 right in the now, draft. Yeah. Anthony Edwards has been looking nice the past few games now. Um, but you, you know, you just mentioned IQ. I'm thinking of Emmanuel Quickly, who we might we might talk about him a little later with the, the Knicks. Knicks. But John, last week you wanted to start the podcast by by trying to throw some shade at me and my NBA Eastern Conference Finals pick with with the Bucks. Oh, I had the Bucks coming out of the East, and this season for the Bucks it's been a roller coaster. But guess what, John? Last night the roller coaster back at a peak, right? been up and down. I don't know if whoever watched that ESPN game, they had a really dope 
graphic, which kind of showed throughout the season the stretches. They started nine and four, which included a four-game win streak. Then they go over a six-game six-game stretch. They're two and four. Then they literally win five straight, lose five straight, and after mm-hmm. last night, they've won five straight again. <laughs> yeah. And they're only one game behind for the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, John. And I think you have to mention Drew Holiday, who you know he's their piece that they added in the offseason. He's 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 the the guy, next guy after Giannis and Middleton, who honestly, he's just as good as Middleton on any given night. And he's been out, and he had COVID. He, he had like bad symptoms. And mm. so he's been able to get back in the lineup. He didn't have a great uh, game yesterday. But I think the the play that, or the, the what happened in that game that for me gave me a lot of hope as someone who picked them in the beginning of the season, also trying to jinx them, and hopefully the Heat will get in. Anyway, is that the Bucks were down eight points against the Clippers yesterday with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And... In crunch time, John, Paul George and Kawhi were 0 for 6 when they were guarded by Giannis and Middleton. Now, you really want to say that's those guys choking, it's Giannis and Middleton playing D. Those guys, I mean, you know, the reason that I really like that team to get out of the East is because of the defensive line they can have. When you, Especially when you add in Drew Holiday now, who's, who's healthy. And now let's, let's talk about Giannis, okay? He started off the season, never, wasn't getting any MVP hype, especially after winning two straight. Well, really quickly, I just need to throw it in there. He was my preseason MVP pick. I didn't anticipate a guy like Jokic or Embiid being in the conversation. I didn't think LeBron, you know, the, the legacy factor was going to be enough. So, And I didn't trust a guy like Dame, and I didn't want to drink the Luka Kool-Aid. So I just said, you know what? Let me hop on the Giannis back-to-back-to-back train. I did think he was going to do it because I had no reason to believe they weren't going to be another good regular season juggernaut. Which, of course, like like I've said, like right now, Alex, like you're talking about, they're a great regular season team. But I'll let you finish well, before I destroy your argument. Well, well, you know what, John? Let me give you some hope for your MVP pick. Giannis has now had his fourth straight game scoring at least 35 points. Last night he had 36 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists. And yesterday, John, he outscored the entire Clippers team 17-10 to 10 in the final 8 minutes and 30 seconds. So Giannis, I think he's trying to catapult himself back into the MVP race. And you're right, it'll be hard to go three back-to-back-to-back to back to back because, you know, people would like to change up the narratives and they get bored of the same one. But needless to say, the Bucs are on, their, on the come-up. And, and you know, we've, we'll talk about the Heat later too. We're seeing as a lot of these teams is like... You, you have these points in the regular season, especially this season more than any other season with COVID and, and people missing time. And then you just have a good few weeks or two and you're right back. I mean, the Heat, we were looking at it, we were like bottom five in the East oh, yeah. and now we're top five yeah. in, with, with a matter of like a week yeah, um, or week week and a half or so. But I think the point Which, remains really that, quick, goes back to my point about Jimmy needing to be an all-star and how ridiculous right, yeah. it was that he wasn't. But I mean, we'll here. talk about that too. But John, I just think you need to put some more respect on this Bucks team. And, and the last play of the game, John, they're up one point. They just locked down Kawhi and, and, and Paul George each chucked up, like, you yeah. know, bad three-pointers to try to, to try to tie the game. Or not even tie the game, to, like, get a lead, which, you know, that I'll, I'll continue to throw shade at that. When you, when you just need a bucket, go, go into the paint, especially with Kawhi. He, all game long, his mid-range is lethal. Then he pulls up for a three, settles for a three. Anyway, and then so the next play, now the Bucks have the ball. And this has been... The point where everyone says, well, what are they going to do in crunch time in the half court when in the very end of the game, Giannis can't shoot. And what they did actually is they moved the ball. It was a beautiful play where they moved the ball five times and they got the defensive, the defense ro- rotating. And in their rotation, Giannis gets the ball, swings it, and just and just takes off and yams it, right? And yeah. Marcus Morris got right out of the way. And it's like, you know, people have said all along, well, are you not going to be able to just dunk it in the end of the game? And... <laughs> You know, in the playoffs, we'll get to, we'll get to the playoffs oh, and we'll see. Alex. And it, it, you won't be able to win the game like that every single time. 
But with the playmaking ability of Chris Middleton, that's really he's he's been impressive all season long. You have another guy, Drew Holiday, who can also do it. And you're swinging the ball, <laughs> and I, I trust the ability. And and they've, the other thing too is they've been trying different things this season. Coach Bud, you know, he's we've all hated on him before. Yeah. But they're they're trying different things, fired. and I think that's why it's been this season has been a roller coaster. Is is it, it ha- everything? You know, they're trying different things, and it doesn't look great all the time. But but I think that we're gonna see a different team come to the play, come playoffs. Okay, I feel like Stephen A. right now. I'm talking to Skip. Are you finished? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess. I mean, All right, I quickly now. I'll, really address, like I'll address the MVP um, argument quickly, and then I'll tell you why the Bucks aren't what you just said they are. I think the MVP argument's interesting because right now, Alex, who do you think the voters would choose? If, if oh, it's, I'm not saying it's going to no, be. No, 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 I'm, I know saying, that. I'm just saying today. If today ends today, MB, voters. MB, you th- okay, you think MB. MB. So let's look at MB's numbers. He's averaging a flat 30 points per game, 11.3 rebounds. 3.2 assists and like you know all that stuff doesn't matter great great he's a great defensive player you know shooting well from the field all that um the and they're 22 winning, they're 22 and 12 number one in the east but then you look at Giannis's numbers okay 29.2 so he's averaging 0.8 points less than Embiid 11.8 rebounds he was averaging 0.5 more rebounds and then assists he's averaging 2.7 more assists than Joel Embiid so if you're just looking at the three you know that is a very like you know, low-level way to just look at MVP. Statistics is that. There's winning. They're 21 and 13. They're only one game behind. So I think it's, it's interesting to address that. Like, everyone's just saying, no way Giannis gets votes. Everyone's sick of him. Too straight. We're, we're bored. We want to see the new next thing. All you got to do is get the one seed. I mean, they get the one seed from the Sixers, and now it's a different, it's a different conversation. It is, but I don't know. I still think they're going to... You're right, and Giannis will jump into that conversation. But to me, it's interesting because... Right now, it's narrative. And, and again, I, I made the argument on the, on the show, you know, maybe the last two shows ago... We haven't seen a center average 30 points per game in a regular season since Shaq, okay, in 20 mm-hmm. years. So for me, that alone is like, that's like the Westbrook averaging a triple-double. That's yeah. like the Harden averaging 30. Like, that, those are the stats that you need to just be like the, wow, I need to give this guy my MVP vote. And that's how you get it. And that's why I don't think LeBron really has a shot with the legacy thing. Yeah. Okay, but now moving on from the MVP point. To address your point, Alex, okay. You're, you're talking about, okay, and I watched that game last night. And to me, I, I said this at the beginning of the show. There was a lot of basketball yesterday. We learned a lot about teams. We, there was a great Heat game. I told you there was a fun Hornets game, mm-hmm. and this was one of the, the you know the Lakers blew out uh, the Golden the Warriors, State. which we'll get to in, in, in a little bit. But the way the takeaway from the Bucks game, the the Bucks Clippers game, to me was about the Clippers not being able to have the stones and and just to having that it to show up at the end of the game. Okay, <laughs> you're right. They were up. It was I think it was. Uh, with about uh, it was a few minutes left, like two minutes left in the game, and they were up 196. That was it. They didn't score for the rest of the game. Yeah. Okay. 196. They're winning, and the Bucks end up tying it. Runners. Yeah, tying it at like 100, 100, and then end up going 100. They win 105 yeah. to 100. So the end of the game, you just see Kawhi miss, then Paul George miss, then Kawhi, then, and we're missing threes too. And I think right. I think John, what we saw too, you know, I gave credit to the Bucks, but if we want to if we want to criticize the the Clippers. They were doing kind of similar what they had done towards the end of the bubble and what their weaker points of last season, what they looked like, was where they just go iso ball. And it's like, you yes, your turn, exactly. my turn. They're not running the offense, and which this year was kind of the divergence from that. And that's why they had we had thought, I mean, a lot of people, I still think they are better than, than they were last year because of their ball movement. I'll tell you why they're not, though. And, and it's a similar reason to why they have the same problems with the Celtics. And I know I've heard this on a few, you know, a few different shows and podcasts. Same problems with the Celtics. They have these two guys where it's like, Wow, these two amazing mm-hmm. wing guy perimeter dudes, just like what both, you want. Play both ways, yeah, get it's the, buckets. Exactly. What with what the league is built around these days 
is and you have two of them like Jalen Brown and Tatum on the Celtics and for whatever reason it just it isn't it doesn't seem like they're maximizing the potential why is that and I think it's a similar reason that what we heard after the bubble they failed in the bubble obviously Paul George we've heard this narrative a lot like the whole mental health thing being trapped in the bubble mm-hmm. LeBron touched on it you know you don't get it if you weren't in that bubble yeah. like it was not you're not in your own bed you're not in the comfort yeah. of your own home you're, you know you're not with your family like to take all that away to be struggling with all that mentally and then to be coming into your daily job and giving it your all and being the best at that that's tough so of course the Lakers won that because they have a guy like LeBron whatever the the Clippers though we just kind of chalked it up to to the whole mental health issue. To me, it is a basketball thing, though. They don't it's have chemistry. they don't it's have they the, the right point guard. They don't have the right uh, you know guy that takes over the game. And I think that we had heard this. This was like a rumor. I think coming out of the bubble was that Kawhi didn't like how much they relied on him to to control the offense. You look at Toronto when they won the title. Who did he have? He had Kyle Lowry there. It's same. You can look at twenty two years old Kawhi, which. Maybe we, we take that, you know, not as much as more of a system mm-hmm. title with the with the uh, San, San Antonio Spurs. But again, Kawhi was maximized in this system where he wasn't just the focal point of the offense. Now it's like, yes, he can be that ISO guy. But like you said, Alex, we know that's not going to work long term. That's what everyone thought was the problem with the Nets. And now look, James Harden's taking over. He's a guy who's going to average 11 assists, whatever. He's going to be the point guard. Kyrie's the two. And that team seems like they're going to gel better on offense mm-hmm. now. But so to the Clippers' point, to me, it's like, who is it? Pat Beverly? Lou Williams? No, Who's Lou, it's probably Lou Williams. But the, Lou the, Williams, the problem with him is he can't play defense. He and it's the same. Now that goes back to another team that I think is struggling, that has been struggling without a point guard. The Miami Heat. When Spo started the season off starting Hero, he wasn't a point guard. And we kept forcing that. He, but he's not a point guard there, and you need that. He's more Lou of the scorer. He's more of the scorer guy off the bench. He's gonna give you that punch. He, that's why he's a six man of the year. You know, three times over. That's why after being such a good guy off the bench, they're not gonna say, "Hey, Lou Williams, you're gonna start now," because his role is maximized. It's optimized for, for the team if he's off the bench. So just to to make my my long point short. The Clippers do not have the basketball personnel there. And, and I know we're getting away from the Bucks, But to me, Alex, it's about the Clippers' failures yesterday. And now I can dress the Bucks after. But what do you think about the Clippers? Well, I think you, you do look... I mean, at the end of the game, it, it, I was you know mentioning how the Bucks were able to get their defensive moving. Their lineup, John, was, was Pat Bev, Paul George, right. Kawhi, Nick Batum, and, and Morris. I mean, that's a, that's a lineup that can pretty much... Switch on to anyone except maybe Pat Bev. But at the same time, guy. Alex, you're talking about defense. But I'm not talking. I know. About I know. Fact, I, I'm talking about the fact that the Clippers couldn't score. I agree, and I and I think that. And yes, what, the Bucks are a defensive team. The Clippers are a very good defensive team, and that's and then their their shortcomings are going to come on the offensive end. And then you know we'll look. It, it's going to be a, a theme this year, especially when you go down to a, a team like the Brooklyn Nets, who are unstoppable on offense, right. but they can't stop anyone on defense. So we'll see. You know, I think that. Both the Clippers and the Bucks have yeah. one more level to to uh, get to, and, and we'll yeah. see if they can do it. And again, Alex, one one last thing to throw out with with the Bucks, we're talking about a seven game series. Okay, we saw what happened the past two seasons when the team lost. We went up against a great coach in Spo last year, and the Heat beat him, and a great a great coach in Nick Nurse and the Raptors that year. And they're gonna see that happen again. And you know what, Alex? There was a play, and it was in the third quarter. It wasn't like the ultimate play, but it was just such a telling play for me. Giannis, someone switched on to him. I forget which defender it was exactly, but he you saw him kind of give a little hezzy dribble, and he he's about to go in, but then he just backs up. He has all the space in the world, and he does one of those just like this. His three doesn't look natural. It's well, like this set shot, and he and you he say that, it but he also did hit a three in crunch time. He in did the in the corner. I saw that one yeah. in the corner, but. 
He for top of the key three at the end of the third quarter, and it was like his misses are like you're right, Alex. He made that three yeah. in the fourth, but some of his misses it's like. The one that just like it's like a knuckleball just the- clanks and like <laughs> falls straight down. It's like it so has no weird. spin on it. It's just it's weird and like I don't want to see that from him. Like you're Sha- you're Shaquille O'Neal. You're not Kobe. Okay, so that and that's gonna be my problem. <laughs> if you're gonna tell me, Alex, Drew Holiday is gonna be the one. To no, it'll be the Middleton. Game winner. I really trust Middleton. Middleton, whatever. If Drew and I know he chokes, he's been choking in the playoffs, but I really like the way he's been. Yeah, playing. if those guys are gonna control the pace at the end of the game and they're gonna be that clutch team in the end of the games, okay. But we haven't seen that with Giannis yet, and that's my concern. Okay, John. This is Miami Heat Podcast. Let's get into a new segment that we're going to be calling the Miami Heat Wave. Yeah. So we have to just, you know, shove all of our Heat stuff into one. I mean, I couldn't even. I had to mention Tyler Hero. I had to talk about Coach Spo there. You know, they're always going to bleed out into other segments. But now, for, for, you know, for the rest of the season, I think it's nice if we just throw all our Heat stuff (laughs) into this one segment, Miami Heat Wave. And we're going to be talking about if the wave is going up or if the wave is going down. John, I have a question for you. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo were snubbed off the All-Star team this year. Does this mean the Heat Wave is going to go up or is it going down? Yeah, so I think with a team like ours, I it, I was I was upset when I saw that they weren't picked as All-Stars. You know, disappointed and it, it's it's an injustice. And you know, people are always like, oh, well, we're going to talk about snubbing. Well, tell me who they should have been in over. To me, it's like... I mean, I, could, I my, could tell you who. <laughs> this is my philosophy of the All-Star game. It's like, it's the All-Star game. Who are the dudes? Like, who wants to see Sabonis? Like, Julius Randle, I, re- I respected him and I had him, and then you convinced me to have Ben Simmons over him, whatever. But to me, it's like Sabonis and Randle. Nick Vucevic. Why is Nick Vucevic in the Nick Vucevic. Why are you in the game, How? They're, th- the, the, they're so bad. The, the Magic are 13 and 21. And and people are talking about, like, last season, Beal was averaging 28 points per game. Like, he was a guy that should have been an all-star, <laughs> probably. And everyone's like, oh, well, his team's not winning. Well, how are we putting Nick Vucevic <laughs> yeah, in? I mean, he's been doing the same exact thing for like 10 seasons, it feels like. But okay, right. I get the right. argument for why Jimmy didn't make it, but bam, definitely should have. Okay, been. so the point is it going to go up or down? So at first, disappointed. You got everyone, hopefully, saw my post on Double Take. Uh, you know, I, I threw it out there how ridiculous it is that, that Jimmy and Bam aren't all stars. And, but it low key, I'm thinking about it and like, yeah, I actually am happy because. This is the stuff that we need. We need, we need the fire. Need this. The fire lit under us, and our team works in such in a very particular way. You know where every guy in their role, it works perfectly. And and the argument can be made that if Dragic and Bam were still there, we would have taken the Lakers to seven. I mean, we took them to six already with injuries. So take them to seven. Be LeBron. I'm not gonna you know say that. Looking back on it, but now going forward, I'm just saying when our team is all together, when we don't have COVID, we are one of the top teams. In the Eastern Conference, and and everyone should know that after looking what we did in the bubble. Yes, we're missing the guy in that Jay Crowder role, but I'm looking forward to how we're gonna do going forward. You know, we're ten and thirteen in our last thirteen games, um, and there was two choke jobs in that. We yeah. choked the to the Clippers with no Paul George, Kawhi, or Pat Beverly. And that the game one. hurt, man. And the other one, Steph Curry, we're up. Was it ten points? No, we're, we were, we're up fifteen with up eight minutes. Warriors. We're up fifteen with eight minutes in the game, and Steph Curry yeah. he has never he's never gone he's never shot twenty threes before. I think he went five for twenty that night yeah. from, from from the arc. Yeah, so it was ridiculous. Ten and thirteen, and we still lost. So I'm looking at that like, ooh, we just won six straight. Like it really should be eight straight, and we should be what twelve and one yeah. in our last thirteen. But that's fine. Ten and three. We're gonna only go up from here. Hopefully, there's no more COVID issues. You know, going forward, and 
from here on out, I think not being all-stars, that's only a motivating factor for Jimmy and Bam. And, you know, we saw that they apparently the NBA did ask Jimmy to be the all-star. <laughs> and he said, no, because Bam's not going. Yeah, and which, instead they gave it to I mean, Sabonis. Listen, I don't know if that's true or not. It is consistent for what Jimmy would that do. That seems like something it, he would do. He said last year, you know, he was back in the all-star game. And he's like, I, I'm not even, I'm happy to be here. I'm enjoying it, of course. But I'm more happy that I get to be here with Bam and see uh. his first time here. And that's the kind of guy Jimmy is. So, John, you're right. The heat wave is going up. Of course, those guys are going to have an extra chip on their shoulder, which, like you said, much needed in this season where we've been struggling. But um, also, just after last night's win against the, the Hawks, where we end up, we finished on a we went on a 10-0 run, and then they scored like a basket. And then, I mean, the game was out of reach by that point. But we were tie game, 10-0 run, led by Kendrick Nunn and Goran Dragic. Yeah. Jimmy is out of the lineup, and, and all over Heat Twitter was like, you know, we were kind of struggling in the fourth quarter. Everyone's like, this is what happens when you don't have a closer. This is what happens when we're missing Jimmy. Like, someone's got to step up. And then the following teams were like, well, Kendrick Nunn answered the call. Yeah. And Kendrick Nunn hit very clutch threes. Drogic had another play, too. And, and them playing off each other was really impressive. But I just want to take this time to, to show some love to Kendrick Nunn, who in the bubble, you know, he ended up getting COVID. He came back. He wasn't that good. He had a few spurts in the finals. I guess he probably had like one spurt, I think, in game five where he had a few buckets. Um, that made me very happy. But this year, he's back. He's back to doing what Kendrick Nunn does. And he's just a guy who just recently on on Duncan Robinson's podcast, which is kind of mostly based on underdogs. And he is such an underdog, so I love rooting for him, mm. and I'm glad we have him. And, and we got to put some more respect on him, because I know a lot of us, including yeah. myself, were throwing him in every every which trade package for Harden or Beal or whoever else, Victor <laughs> Depot. Um, but I'm glad that I'm glad that he's back to, to you know, October 2019 form, Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, and then one last question on the Heat, Alex. What's what's the move to be made, and and what's what's the current this uh, the ceiling of this current team, and then what's the move to be made to make that to raise that ceiling? Because right now you look at the East and you say, can the Heat get out of it again? Because there's two new teams that are in there: the Nets, of course, with Harden, with Kyrie, with Kevin Durant now that wasn't there last year, and now of course the Sixers with Ben Simmons who was injured last year. They traded away Horford. That team fits better. You know, or do you see us right after those two? Yes, I put them over. Uh, I put I, us over the Celtics. But how how can the Heat uh, get out of the East? I think John, the move to be made, the the one weakness in our team is is like we've been mentioning all season is that that four spot, that Jay Crowder spot. We don't have we have off the bench. We have a guy like Precious who can give us you know good defensive minutes. We have a guy like Iguodala who can give us good defensive minutes. And then on the other side, we have guys like. Kelly O, who can hit open shots and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we don't have a guy who does it both ways the way Jay Crowder did. And he kind of, it was lightning in a bottle. I mean, right now in Phoenix, he's not even playing close to the level he was with Miami. Yeah. But a guy that I think we could could play in that role, and we've, there's been a list, you know, we have um, people have seen, said on Twitter, like, I, I, I kind of want Rudy Gay, honestly, because I could see him. He's He's got the length, he's got the size, to, and he's got the defensive ability. But also, I think he can play in our system, and he can hit open shots. And I think... Right now, our best lineup, like once, once we get into the playoffs, I don't think we're going to be able to, to play Kelly heavy minutes based on how his defense is. And yeah. so we'll, get, we'll maybe be able to get away with it to some teams, but I think we're going to see a lot of time of Iguodala being on the court. Right. And I said this before, I think the, my main uh, worry with this team is I don't like the lineup of our five best players on the court mm-hmm. and because it gives it too much defense. You have Goron, Tyler Hero, Duncan, Jimmy, and Bam. You're giving up size and you're giving up, you know, defense. And right. so so those are our five best players, but I don't know if we can play them together. So that's why having that guy that can fill that Jay Crowder role would be huge. 
And there's been other names thrown out there, and we'll see. I think the Heat will definitely make a move. If P.J. Tucker gets bought out, oh my goodness, I would I would love for the Heat to be able to get P.J. Right. Tucker, even though we know every contender is going to want him. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you there. That definitely is a, a gap that we have, and, and it goes to, sh- to the point of that each piece fits perfectly in where it is. When you try and put Kelly Olynyk as the starter instead of Jay Crowder after he leaves, it's not the same. No. You're a different team. Yeah. Crowder, what he did was so specifically different than what Kelly Olenek gives us. So, yeah, I, I think we can move on now from Heat Wave, but definitely something to look forward to. You know, we're going to be on pace. I think I think we're going to end up with a three or a four seed right behind the Nets and right behind the Sixers. And we know for a fact we're ahead of the Celtics. The question is, are we there with the Bucks in a regular season? Maybe not, because like I said, Alex, the Bucks are a regular season and team. John, you know, right now you just mentioned all the teams that we're going to be behind and we're going to be chasing, but you did not mention the team that is directly in front of us in the standings <laughs> at 18 and 17, John. The New half York game Knicks. Up on us. The New York Knicks half a game up on us. Somehow, some way, I don't honestly know. I had to. I had to do some studying this morning to be honest with you. See, wait, what is actually happening? Because all the season long, I was like, "Yep, this is a fluke. This isn't gonna last." I mean, the, the Knicks. I think they started like five and three, and that was like a big deal. Yeah. Like, no, nope, this isn't gonna last. They're gonna fizzle <laughs> out. And guess what? And the story, of course, has been right. They're all star right now. Julius Randle averaging somehow twenty three points, eleven rebounds, five and a half assists. He's doing everything for them. He's been. He's been. You know, incredible. Obviously, that's why he's an all-star. Um, another thing, RJ Barrett, who he's been a little disappointing since he got drafted. I had high hopes for him, but the Knicks. I saw this yesterday. Right now, the record John is eighteen and seventeen. They are eighteen and zero this season when RJ Barrett has a positive plus-minus. <laughs> so I guess by extension, they're zero and seventeen when he has a negative. So if you're just looking at one guy, like directly affects their wins or losses. Wow, that's weird. Maybe maybe, maybe there's some other things going on there, but I, I mean that's pretty astounding stat to me. <laughs> yeah. Another thing, you look at Emmanuel quickly for rookies. He was drafted, I believe, I think it was early second round. Maybe it was the end of the first. But he is fourth in rookies in scoring, John, twelve point two points a game, and eighteenth in rookie minutes mm. with eighteen minutes a game. So in other words, Emmanuel quickly is scoring pretty quickly. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> anyway, but so th- those guys. I mean, these have been the story. Now they they just got Derrick Rose. Of course, he's a fan favorite. But I think the guy you got to give all the credit to, John, none other than Tom Thibodeau. He's been kind of bouncing around the league a little bit since since he was with the Bulls. I think you know right. he didn't have a job, then he went to the, the Wolves, the Timberwolves. He gets fired again. Now he comes over to New York. And let me just give you, John. So since so this has been their best, the Knicks' best start through thirty five games since the 2012-2013 season. That was the season that they had the two seed in the East after Miami, and they won 54 games when right. Mike Woodson was their coach. The following season, Mike Woodson was still their coach. Their team fell apart. They ended up firing him. Since then, here are their coaches, John. Derek Fisher, Kurt Rambis, Jeff Hornacek, David Fisdale, and Mike Miller, who some of those guys were interim guys. But over that time, those coaches had a below 30% win, 30 win percentage. They were yeah. 294. Now, Tom Thibodeau comes in. And I, I was just like, all right, you know, this is another guy in the Knicks coaching carousel. He's going to come in. He's not going to be able to do it. They're going to fire him. Da, 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 da. Guess what? Tibbs is 18 and 17, over 500. And and I think you have to give him all the credit. because There's a reason that it's changed so, somehow. I mean, yeah, it's a culture change. It's a culture sure. change. And, and Tibbs is a very, you know, culture-oriented guy. Hard-nosed, talk about defense first, all that type of stuff. So that's the only thing I can – the only reason I can see why this – you know, dumpster fire yeah. organization has somehow turned around, and right now, you know, they're top four in the playoffs. Even though the East is pretty, pretty yeah. Bad I mean, right I mean, you look down the line. I raved about the Hornets, but I mean, the Knicks are there, and then it's Heat, 
Celtics, Raptors, Hornets. You know, those are the four teams after. So, and again, the Pacers too, who started off pretty hot at the top of the Eastern Conference, and then you go down Bulls, Hawks, Wizards. So the fact that the Knicks are better than all those teams, you know, it's definitely something to be something to be said for that. At the same time, that part of the Eastern Conference, from the four spot where the Knicks are, all the way down to the tenth spot, so four to ten, where the Chicago Bulls are, only. 1.5 games separates those teams. So the Knicks, 18 and 17. And then all the way down to the Bulls, 15 and 17. So if the Bulls win three straight right now, they'll have the same record as the Knicks and do currently. So gonna... that's also to say, so I'm not going to, we are talking about the Knicks because it is fun that the, the, you know, the way the standings went and the tiebreakers go, there they are, they're number four. But you know, they're a two game losing streak away from being the 10 seed. Well, so I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh my gosh, the Knicks are back. You know, they're better yeah, than when they had Carmelo. No, they start <laughs> off and it's fun to talk about them. And if you're a Knicks fan, you at least can have some enjoyment in watching this team this season. And that's and you could, you could basketball for New York. That is something. To be yes. Happy. And you couldn't have said that for the past. Yeah. How many of your seasons since yeah. maybe Carmelo left even since before, before that, since I really mean, 2013, yeah. I would say, because that was the last time that really felt like they had a shot to do something in the playoffs. So, you know what? Now I think they're fun. And, and in the coming weeks, Alex, you know, maybe um, once we get halfway to the point of the season, I want to do add a new segment where we just talk about which series do we want to see the most. Absolutely. And I think Heat Knicks again, Heat Knicks that right <laughs> that now, that's what it looks like four versus five. <laughs> I want to see like Knicks Bucks. I want to see them like in a sixth spot or maybe Knicks Nets. I want to see them in a lower tier spot going up against like, you know, the Nets. I mean, the Nets, that would be, that would be priceless. That, that would be Knicks fun. Versus the Nets. And now that there's some fans in the, in, in the, in each stadium in, in New York, which is right, exactly. Cool. But John, I think I want to touch on something you mentioned earlier about how, you know, one game essentially, or a few games separates the four seed from the 10 seed. And this year more than ever with, I guess, Maybe you could talk about just the quality of the East and how like most teams are playing 500 basketball, but also you can you can attribute that to to COVID on the COVID uh, yeah. effects. I mean, each team has dealt with players being out for. COVID. But more than ever, every single game counts. Every single you get to the we're gonna get to the end of the season, John, and we'll see. Maybe Miami will be able to break away and get into the that top three tier with, yeah, with the Sixers, should. Nets, and Bucks because there's kind of a a little bit of like a four or five game uh, gap between those teams, um, and maybe they'll maybe some teams will be able to jump down or maybe some teams will fall down. But I think you're going to get to the end of the season. And now, this year, not only because of how close these teams are, but also because of the 7 through 10 seeded um, play-in games. Because right. of that, because of those play-in games, it's going to be a huge difference. I mean, you get to the 6, you might be one game out of the 6 seed. Let's say the Celtics, you know, they, they win one game and now the Raptors are down in the, in the 7 seed. And now they don't have to play a one-game elimination versus... A, a team that has nothing to lose, essentially, in, like, a 10 yeah. seed. So, it'll be there. Or I guess they'll be playing the 8 seed. But it, the, I think the way everything pans out is going to be super fun to watch. And we got a lot of good basketball the, the coming months. Yeah. And, and, you know, similar just to do another standings watch out west. You know, just from the top, you got Jazz, Lakers, Clippers, Suns. Those are the top four. But then you go to the Spurs, who are seven and a half games back. All the way down there at the five spot, all the way down to the Mavericks, who are 10 games back. That's not one and a half games like it is in the East, but from the five seed to the nine seed in the West, also only separated by two and a half games. So, you know, like you said, Alex, out East, but also out West, we're going to, we're going to have a lot of fun looking at who gets in, you know, you could maybe go on like a three game losing streak to end the season and you'll go from a six spot. And playing and having a, a solidified spot playing the number three seed in the playoffs, all the way down to where you're the, the nine or the ten spot, 
and you're going to have to win a couple playing games just to become the eight seed to play, you know, the Jazz or the Lakers or whoever's going to have that number one spot in the West. So I think it's it's fun to watch. And that's why from here on out, I think we can start doing a new segment. We just talk about uh, like some standings watching the, the playoff series that we're most looking forward to. All right. But Alex, it's time to get to the next team. You know, usually we don't t- go too long into an episode without talking about them. We're 30 minutes in, but we're going to talk about the Lakers, LeBron James. Okay. People have, I don't, I wouldn't say people have been overreacting, but here we are. The Lakers dropped four straight games. Anthony Davis is out. He's injured. Alex, do you think people were overreacting? And then I'll give you my take on it. I didn't hear too many overreactions. I kind of just, I kind of just thought it was the same concern as, as it would be with any star that's, that's out of the lineup. Anthony, excuse me. Anthony Davis with his Achilles injury, that's not an injury to take lightly. And I know they said, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to not rush him back. We're going to wait till he gets back. He comes back and in that like first or second, actually, I think he was like maybe the second game that he had played again, he re-aggravates it and he hurts it, whatever. Now he's going to be out for another month, which will probably be closer to, I would say six weeks. But, um, so that is, I'm concerned about that. If he can't get healthy, other than that, I mean, I wouldn't say there's any overreactions as far as, as far as the Lakers and what they're going to be able to do in the playoffs. Yeah. So I'm definitely with you. You know, no one was overreacting. They have LeBron James, but losing four straight, I mean, that's something, I mean, I can just hear the people go, oh, MJ would never lose four shit, whatever. But, you know, you look at the context of it, okay? They've dropped games to the Brooklyn Nets, who are streaking right now. They're, they're looking good. They're on the right pace. The Miami Heat, who've won six straight, and we beat them by two points. Then they dropped the game to the number one team, the hottest team in basketball, the Utah Jazz, who we should also get to talking to that, about them um, mm-hmm. on this episode. But And then again, and then they dropped a, a game to a bad, it was a bad team. Oh, it was an overtime game versus the Wizards, okay? So that was those four straight. But not was as, we look at the Anthony Davis injury and say that's what's relevant here. But you know what I haven't heard too much about until I looked up this morning from just watching highlights, catching up on their past few games, you know who else was missing, who missed all four of those games, Alex, was Dennis Schroeder, mm. okay? So he, and Makes that sense. goes to the point of how important he is. Last year, it's like, oh, who was the third guy on that team? It was AD, LeBron. We AD said maybe it was Rondo. Rondo. People thought maybe it was going to be Kuzma as a scorer. You know, obviously, there's guys like Caruso and, 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 and just all the role guys that they have. But this year, I think it is like a solidified, like unquestionable th- number three spot. You know, last year was kind of any given night, whoever steps up and Rondo in the playoffs, playoff Rondo, whatever. It's no doubt this year that it's Dennis Schroeder. And because that's how, I mean, it shows you how valuable he was. They dropped four straight and then he comes back. They play Portland. Uh, I think it was Friday night they played Portland. They beat Portland. Now Sunday night they play Golden State and they destroyed Golden State. It wasn't even a well, game. It's interesting. No, so that's how valuable he is as, as a point guard and defensively, just as a guy that takes pressure off of LeBron doing everything. In those four games, that you know what the team was? It was the LeBron James yeah. 2018 Cavaliers. It was the LeBron James 2019 Lakers. It was, it was LeBron, a bunch of role guys and decent pieces, but he had to control every aspect of the game. He was the focal point of the defense and of the offense. So now that Schroeder comes back, he takes that pressure off LeBron. He does he can get pick and rolls going. You know, he can LeBron can be play a little bit more off ball and you know save up energy on offense so that he can go back on defense and and be great so Dennis Schroeder coming back just as valuable in my opinion right now as Anthony Davis just on both ends of the court well I wouldn't say just as valuable but I definitely uh it, it reminds me a little bit John of of the finals where we were talking about if you just were to rank all the players in the finals and the first two would be LeBron and Anthony Davis and then after that the Heat might have had three of the next or excuse me they might have had like six of the next guy six of the next guys straight and now when you look at their team, all right, more depth. That their top, their their top guy or one of their top guys is out. 
well, what's going to happen? And I was thinking, you know, we talked about how in the offseason, I thought they improved tremendously because of getting guys like Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell. Such a huge pickup. That is such a huge pickup. Throughout this regular season, those guys are going to be able to win you games based on just the spurts of offense that they'll give you throughout any given game. And it makes a lot of sense that without Dennis Schroeder, they were strong. Because I'm like, yeah. all right, yeah. I mean, I know Nick Wright was saying, you know what this team is without Davis? It's LeBron two years ago with that you know Lakers team with Lonzo and Brandon Ingram. It Th- is. Some of those guys are okay. On some nights, they're going to look yeah. nice. But in, 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 in the end, like it's going to be LeBron and just a bunch of dudes. And I was like, mm, I don't really agree with that. Like, I think that their team ha- has more talent. Yeah, team Schroeder's has more guys. to me. To me, well, to me, Schroeder and Harrell. Harrell hasn't been that good in the past few games. Um... But, you know, with with, Schro- with Schroeder coming back, he's a guy who's going to improve the play of all the guys around him. So, yeah, and, so, and yeah, it's just to answer your point, yeah, you're right. I mean, I said, you know, equally as valuable. Not Maybe not in, in the sense of just, yeah, as great of a play. Like, Anthony Davis is an MVP caliber player. Dennis Schroeder is not that. But I'm just talking about fit and value, how valuable they are in, you know, the, just the context of their role on the team. And I think, yeah, LeBron and Davis, that, that wins you a title. But it's about, you know, the next guys from three through eight. Because you need eight guys to win a title. And, you know, eight or nine. And Schroeder, to me, solidified in that number three spot. It, it just proves how valuable it is. They, lost, they dropped four straight. He comes back. And here they are. So I, I can't speak enough about the value that he brings to the team. And if they don't have him, I, I think it's going to be tough because the West is tough. Even if they have Davis and LeBron there, you're going to need your other guys to show up. And he's a guy that you trust. You know, LeBron can have his, your 20, 10, and 10 of a, a night. And Schroeder can be a guy having 22 points and 7 assists, something like that. So he he's, I mean, I said valuable a million times. He's super valuable. Yeah. All right, Alex, moving on from the Lakers. I said we need to talk about this team just quickly. The Jazz, before we finish the show, the Jazz right now, 27-7. and seven. Okay, at home, they're 15-2. and two. And in the conference, in the Western Conference, they're 12-4. and four. And, you know, they've been streaking, of course. They won. They had a, a win streak in the beginning of the season. They had that stretch where they won about 20 of, I think, they're, and they're still on it. Like, they've won like 21 of 23 games. Just as hot as a team can be right now. And they did destroy the Lakers the other night. And that was a game that, to me, just looking at it, and that was without Schroeder, without Anthony Davis. But the way they picked apart a LeBron James team and, and just offensively, just the, the passing, the three-pointers, you know. And, and the comparison team that we've talked about, that one regular season team that doesn't have a star that's going to get bounced in the playoffs, we could be seeing like, oh, I saw a meme. It was the, a picture of the Atlanta Hawks. And it was, and they said the twenty. It was like the Jazz this season, right? Mm-hmm. And it, the twenty fifteen Atlanta Hawks that that won like sixty games, and then got destroyed by LeBron in the playoffs. So they're not that team, but they're closer to a team. I would say they're probably in between these two teams to the team that Brad, Coach Brad Stevens of the of the Celtics compared them to. He talked about the cutting, the three point shooting, you know, the playmaking that all their guys, uh, that so many guys on their team have. He compared it to the 2014 Spurs. And to me, watching you know that game against the Lakers was when that finally clicked for me and I started to see it. Because you see a guy like you know Royce O'Neal guarding LeBron, and he, he kind of reminded me of like what we saw with Boris Dia. You see guys like Conley, like um, you know, Mitchell, the pick and rolls with, with Rudy Gobert, and that reminded me of a of a big three that we saw in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. They're not the Spurs, they're not Parky, yeah. Parker. Duncan and Ginobili. They're not, you know, they're going to be that great. They're not going to be, a, you know, a good team for two decades. But looking at the ball movement, look at the skill, how Clarkson can, can, you know, take you ISO, how Mitchell can take you ISO, the 
pick and rolls, you know, just how they all play so well off ball, and they can all create their own shot. Joe Ingles, Bogdanovich, like even dudes like that. And you know, a lot to of me, just look at that team. The pieces are so nice, and if they, I, I think they're a strong team in the buyout market of a guy like PJ Tucker, of a guy like Javale mm. McGee, who I think I don't know about that. Javale McGee steps in, you know, as a backup center better than Derek Favors does because when Derek Favors is in there, LeBron's gonna get his way. You mm -hmm. know, Rudy Gobert being there waiting for LeBron in the paint, you know, you can't match that. And I think for, for him to get his rest while JaVale McGee comes in, I think those are two guys in the bottom market they should go for. But yeah, Alex, what do you think about the well, Jazz? What's I, their I, ceiling? I think it's a very interesting comparison. You know, a lot of people have been comparing them to, to regular season teams like the 2015 Hawks, the 2018 Raptors, teams that really good in regular season and then in the playoffs, you know, didn't matter at all. Mm -hmm. um, I would say they're definitely not that bad. And I think the similarity with that with that uh, San Antonio team is a three-point shooting. So this, I'm about to give a stat. It's actually from Friday, so it's maybe a little bit old, but it probably still holds up. Utah was number one in the NBA in three-point attempts, which is 42.6 per game, which is actually absurd. And then number three in three-point percentage at 39.9%. Yeah. No other team in the in the NBA was top five in both categories. Yeah. So the fact they're shooting, they're not only shooting the most threes, but they're making the most threes is is I mean that's that's why they're you winning. You can't beat them. And, and then of course you look at the defense and, and Rudy Gobert setting the tone and being able to switch on to other guys. But I think the difference too with with the, between that Spurs team was you know the Spurs they were still the way they beat the Heat that year was they were still very balanced and there wasn't one guy doing anything, which is why Kawhi ends up getting the Finals MVP a lot of it because he was playing defense. But I think you look at a guy like Donovan Mitchell, we know what he can do in the playoffs. I mean he dropped fifty seven. They ended up choking that. 3-1 uh, lead but I still think he's a guy and he's hung he's gonna be hungrier than ever and you man he was throwing chairs when they lost when they lost against the Nuggets last year so right now I actually think they're better than the Nuggets I think they're gonna be a tough out for the Clippers I might even pick them against the Clippers the yeah, only team I that I would say I definitely wouldn't really give them a shot against is the Lakers if the Lakers are healthy but right. definitely I love that this has been you know one of the stories this season they've been a lot of fun and it always is fun when you have these type of teams like, all right well what will they do in the playoffs and I yeah. and I do trust Donovan Mitchell and I like him and I think he'll be able to to win a series or two. And you know, sure. Alex, we didn't touch on it. The Miami Heat were the last team to beat them yeah. on Friday night. Yeah, we great game. Game. Incredible we game. We didn't even talk about a great game. And yeah, just to, to, to clarify that stat, right now in their last 26 games, they're 23-3, and three, which that's about the pace that the Bucks last year and the Lakers started off in the 2020 season when people say, oh, you know, can, can one of them, you know, win 70 games yeah. and of course you know COVID ends it and we go to the bubble and whatever but right now they're on pace they were at that point in the game uh the season those teams were like 25 and 3 so right now in their last 26 they're 23 and 3 so yeah super hot regular season team no one really anticipated them being better than a four seed i would say yeah. and here they are at the number one seed Alex, do you think they're going to keep the number one seed throughout uh the season or are they going to kind of teeter off towards the end uh, I don't see who catches them, honestly. I think I think what they're doing is they're playing very sustainable, excellent regular season basketball. Yeah. So the only thing I could see happening is maybe if the Clippers or Lakers get hot, or maybe let's say Davis get comes back, they get those teams get hot. Who once again those teams don't care about the regular season as much. But if those teams are able to get hot, maybe the Jazz, maybe COVID gets Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, some of those guys out of the lineup, then I could see that happening. But that's the thing about this Utah team is they have had some guys out of the lineup and they're very good at next man up. That's why it's a very balanced roster. I'll so. give you I'll give you the argument for it. And you know Conley's missed time and a few other guys. I think Bogdanovich has missed time, but. The argument for it is, you know, one guy on their team, let's say it's Mitchell with a family member that didn't follow COVID protocols and whatever, and now a guy like Mitchell or a guy like Gobert. You pluck Gobert yeah, I mean, out. One of those, yeah, Gobert's probably, he's 
He's as valuable as you pluck Gobert out, and they're more of like the 2020 Rockets with like no, you know, <laughs> they're just good. That's what they'd be doing is just quick three pointers. Yeah. You know, we're gonna outrun you, and we don't care if we don't have a center. That's the team they are. So, you know, right now, it, I would say Mitchell to me and um, and Gobert. If you pluck one of those guys out for COVID protocol and it's they missed, you know, half a month of basketball, that's really gonna take them down. And I can see the Lakers sustaining. You know, you know where they're at right now, 24 and 11, three and a half games behind them. I could see them sustaining this for the rest of the season and maybe taking the Jazz. But other than that, Alex, I don't think the Jazz are going to let up. And they're just still so motivated, like you said, after losing last season, mm-hmm. blowing a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. So, yeah, I think they're going to keep that one seed. Will uh, be interesting. Really quick, though, let's go to the East. Who do you anticipate ends with the one seed there? Because the Nets are coming you know, back. They're only a half a game from the Sixers. They're starting to click offensively. I'll the Bucks, They're man. still going to have the defensive issues. So Okay, so you're not saying the Nets. You're going with the Bucks. No, I don't think the Nets will. They, I mean, they could. I, I'm just going to pick the Bucks just to stay consistent with, with my For the one seed, though. Dude, they're turning it on. I trust okay. them. I think Holiday's back in the lineup. Giannis is, is averaging, you know, however many, 35 in the last four games. Like, yeah. All right. Let's see it. Yeah, and, and you know what? It is so unfortunate because you look at last season and it was just wide open for the Heat to run the slate in matter. the regular season. No, it, it doesn't we matter. Like, we like sneaking but, in. But it would, if, if it wasn't for all the COVID the stuff, radar. I really see a world in which right now, I mean, we're only, you know, five games behind the number one seed right now. And you could easily, we just pointed to two quickly that our last two losses, the Warriors won and the Clippers won that were just fluky and the Heat choked it away. So, you could definitely find three more losses in our season where I'm just like, come on, we should have won. You know, the, yeah. the one with the against and, the Wizards without West. And all of that happened, but we're look at where we are. We're still at the five seed. Yeah. We could even make a run at the four or even the three seed. So we'll see. We will see. It has been a good episode, everyone. Thank you for listening. Have a good one. As always, go Heat. Go Heat.